2: Welcome to uh, Sharing Socks, the September uh, down-to-the-wire edition, I guess. I'm uh, Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent Will, and he really is out West, and I'm really not this week. Uh, so we're in our, in our usual geographical positions for the rest of the month, rest of the season. Uh, Will has behind him, for those of you who don't have the picture version, uh, Gavin Sheets watching uh, what apparently is either a home run or a fight in the stands. I, I can't tell for sure from the expression on his face. We are recording this on Thursday afternoon before uh, on the day off after the, the Pittsburgh series and before uh, the Sox head to Kansas City. And Sheets, of course, on Wednesday night had uh, two booming homers, I think neither one of which should have existed. Not because he did anything wrong, but it kind of shows you why bad teams are really, really bad. Because the one thing that everybody should know, everybody in the Major League should know, every fan here knows about Gavin Sheets is he absolutely destroys high fastballs. Both of those homers were on high fastballs. Why you would ever throw him one, anything but a breaking pitch. And maybe you throw a fastball... At the knees or, or below, just to show it. But, but he, he, throwing breaking pitches, he gets maybe 155 off you with a, with a 450 OPS. You throw him high fastballs, and he's got an OPS about one and a half.
0: Um, it's one of the, the three golden rules of pitching to the White Sox. The first being if Tim Anderson's up in a high leopard situation, don't throw the first pitch anywhere near the plate. Throw it into the stands. Just don't throw it near the plate because he's swinging. Second rule is don't hang a slider to Jose Abreu. (laughs) You hang a slider to Jose Abreu, it's leaving the park. Third rule, no high fastballs to Gavin Sheets. Uh, Fourth rule is don't be left-handed against Andrew Vaughn, but that one's harder to control personally. Um, the The only excuse I can think of for the Pirates is that at the time the series
2: started, he was not on the roster. And so maybe in doing the prep of this pitch, this guy, this way, this guy, this way, that they didn't even consider him. And then he got called up on Wednesday and it was too late for planning. I don't know why with modern, yeah, modern um, abilities I, to find stats, you should be you should be able to go, Gavin
0: Sheets, high fastball.
2: Oh, it says right here on Google, don't do it.
0: <laughs> I think you're letting the pirates off the hook with that one because uh, in the days of the internet, uh, it should have been pretty easy for someone to just bring up the iPad in the dugout seconds before and say, oh, wait, don't throw this. Um, and they threw it anyway. So the good news is Gavin made them pay both times for their he mistakes did. and was a critical part of us winning that game against a, oh. a pretty stinky team. Drove in three, and it was a three-run win. I'd say he was, was a very critical part. Well, I don't um, know if you know this, though, but according to Sox Twitter, RBIs don't matter anymore. Uh, no, they don't. Yeah, that's Jose's why he's gonna be very
2: disappointed. Well, that's, that's why, why
0: according to Sox Twitter, a Brave's not actually that good. Uh because really. our RBIs don't matter. Which I will say, Steve Stone went to bat for Jose big time on Twitter saying, Look, I know you guys are saying, like, oh, RBIs don't matter. He's on a good team, he should be driving in runs. Well, the guy had over a hundred RBIs every year on a team that had nobody who's currently playing major league baseball on them. And it, you can't say that the guy is only about opportunity. He creates runs. He creates scoring opportunities. He's a beast. Uh, but you know, with these socks, you know, the, the LaRusso apologists and the stat, stat driven psychopaths, they, uh, they want to hate on anyone in any way they can. So their current thing is that RBIs don't matter. Um, just I guess should hit themselves in
2: well Uh, I I think they have a point that RBIs should be considered in context sure that if if you're the number four hitter three or four hitter on on a a good hitting team you're going to have more RBIs than the guy who is hitting eighth for the Pirates just by fact of positioning But that doesn't mean they don't matter. If you don't get them, you lose.
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, what I would say on the opposite side is uh, if Jose is batting third for the White Sox this year and has, at this point, 62 RBIs, wouldn't Mm -hmm. we think that's pretty terrible? Wouldn't we think that's pretty pathetic? So when he has over 100, shouldn't we think that he is doing his job very well? Uh, We still have a month to go. He's already got 100 RBIs, over 100 RBIs. I I just truly do not understand these people who just want to hate Jose Abreu on this team. There there's just a a group of dum dums out there, just total idiots, who just trash Abreu all the time and say he's not good enough. Very similar to the group that hates you on Mancata. Uh and I just gotta say, you guys, you're stupid. Jose Abreu is very good at his job. You take uh, Jose Abreu off this team, and I'm not saying we wouldn't be in first place. We are in a joke of a division. However, he's crucial to this team. Crucial to this team. He goes out. I don't think this team has any chance of making the World Series. You got to keep the guy in.
2: I, yeah, I mean, he has his weaknesses. Obviously, the, the slider two feet off the plate when he has two strikes. Uh, less so this year because, as you and I have discussed before, he felt in the past he had to do it. He had to hit a homer or that was it, game game over. (laughs) This year he knows he's got uh, Loy behind him and Luis behind him and uh, Vaughn behind him. I mean, he's just got all kinds of hitters back there that can drive in the run if he doesn't hit a homer. So he can can go with taking that two-strike pitch to right field for a single. Which he can, he's done a lot of
0: this year. And if not, he can wait for you to hang the next slider. He doesn't yeah. have to. He doesn't have to go after the one that you bury. He'll wait for the one that you don't bury. And I mean, he's got. We've seen it numerous times. His ability to dig a, a slider that's a, you know three inches off the ground and hit it out of the park is wild. Those one-handed reaching home runs. Um, but those are usually on sliders that started way up here (laughs) and then went down and he's got a good look at them. Uh, but yeah, the Jose Abreu RBI haters, I do not understand. I'm glad Steve Stone, Steve Stone doesn't usually engage with tons and tons of people on Twitter. And on that one, he responded to so many people who were just saying, well, it's a stud of opportunity and blah, blah, blah. Well, if you don't get it done when you have the opportunity, then we don't win games. We, you want the guy who gets it done when the opportunity's there. There are a lot of guys hitting in three spots around the league that don't have over 100 RBIs right now. So don't slam Jose. Uh, get over yourself, and let's move on.
2: And well, Tim Anderson is on the IL. We hope for 10 days. Should be for 10 days. It does not seem from the descriptions to be a serious injury. It's just nagging um and he probably could use the rest so that's so that's
0: fine um get him I well think, rested for the stretch i think the everyone everyone on the il for the white Sox right now is getting a little extra rest uh, in a way that just allows them to bring someone up they did tim's injury retroactive you probably wouldn't do that if you were expecting him to go on this uh, on the 60 day or if you were expecting him to really be nursing an injury um because they're realistically, he's only going to miss those eight days. And uh, I think he's going to be fine. I, I think he's just, you know, why why not give him extra time to just heal and, and bring up oh, some of these okay. guys? And uh, I feel the same way uh, about Lance Lynn, uh, who has is, who is gone on the IL. And I think uh, Lance Lynn is also one where, why why throw him? Why, why gas the guy before you go into the playoffs? He's He's most likely your number one starter for the playoffs now. So and he was
2: tired. I mean, his, his last outing was
0: very bad. He was very tired. And I think putting him on the 10-day now is great. It's going to bring him back in time for a couple uh, tune-up starts heading into the playoffs. And, you know, he's a big guy. It's been real hot. It's been real humid. I think Lance Lynn's DL stint, IL stint these days, his IL stint is going to... Uh it's gonna be pretty pretty short, pretty pretty average. He'll be back after the time. I wouldn't
2: be shocked either if uh, Lucas Giolito's day to day status right now becomes a ten day trip retroactive to his last start, it means he misses one turn, gets a little rest, they can bring up another guy for whatever reason. I mean the guys they seem to be pretty desperate for people to bring up when they brought up Matt Foster as a September add on, but Although, the one interesting one is going to be Romy Gonzalez, I and mean, we haven't seen him play yet. But that—that that, I know that'll be fine.
0: I saw a little interview with Romy, and it—he seemed as surprised as anyone that he was there. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward. He seems like a nice guy. I'm looking forward to watching him play. Uh, you know, when it comes to Foster, all I'm going to say is Ronaldo Lopez is now looking like he's going to pitch in the playoffs. So. <laughs> If Matt Foster went down to Charlotte and sucked, good chance, chance just off of our small sample size, <laughs> it tells us that Matt <laughs> Foster is about to be a Cy Young candidate. <laughs> if, you can,
2: if you can roll up an eight-something ERA in
0: Charlotte, you must be good yep.
2: for a 0.4 in the majors. Yeah.
0: That, Ronaldo Lopez continues to be one of my favorite stories of the year. Just incredible. I, I hope it holds on. I hope. It keeps and and I don't believe his excuse for
2: past times i don't believe it the the thing about well i i couldn't see the signs right because now i've got contact lenses and i can see the signs because it was a matter of the signs he would have been throwing the wrong pitch and there would have been some very angry catchers come racing out with great regularity and that didn't happen i think he maybe made that up and there's something else i'm glad whatever it is
0: happened i think he did he did actually have the lasik done or something like that i i do think that he i do think well i'm sure he could see the signs but i do think that if he wasn't able to see if he was throwing every pitch not positive that he got the right sign that would still take something off of every pitch you would still it would do something to you physically internally to hold you back i don't buy that that's why he had a seven ERA in Charlotte. Um, but I don't know if if he is going to keep pitching the way he's pitching. He he can tell me that he, he his appendix was bothering him for five years, and he finally got that taken care of, and now he's good. And I would believe it. Whatever he's saying is the case. I'm just going to believe it for the sake of keeping the Ronaldo Lopez uh, belief train going. Um, it
2: looks it looks watching him like he has been Ethan Katz. That is that his delivery is shorter. Uh, there's less extraneous motion, so its motion is more repeatable. The same thing that he did with Giolito, the same thing that he's done with Rodin, the same thing he's done with Cease. I've seen Chatter, and I think it was on a different site, not ours, it might've been on ours too, the uh, people saying, well, why isn't Katz any good with relievers? I think the situation is, I think he's primarily worked on the starters for one thing. He only got so much time, but I think the relievers are a little bit different in how he can go about getting them to change. Now, maybe he's worked with Bummer because Bumber's getting a little better. I, I, I don't think you could convince in a million years,
0: Liam Hendricks needs to shorten up his delivery. Uh, yeah,
2: well, that's, and- that's not going to happen.
0: And the other thing about those guys is, you know, it's it's a different approach when you're doing it with a reliever than when you're doing it with a starter. A huge reason you're doing it with a starter is because you need more innings out of them. You need to give them a safe, repeatable motion that leads to quality pitches every single time. With a reliever, there's a little more flex there on how they deliver the ball because you only need to get three outs out of them most of the time especially with your closers and your really fast throwers. So I I do think it's something that Katz most likely has worked harder on with the starting pitchers because it matters so much more to the starters than it does to your closers. Liam Hendricks can go out there and kind of blow it out almost every night, and he's going to be fine the next day because he only threw 15, 20 pitches. With your starters going 100 pitches – They can't be using these motions that take too much out of them. That's what, I mean, that was the big thing with Rodon is Rodon was just taking too much out of him in every single throw. And that's why he was always hurt. Now he's got a smoother, faster, repeatable motion and knock on wood for the most part, he's managed to stay healthy. Uh, bummer is one where I do think maybe they're looking at it a little bit just because he's been struggling. So why not try something new? Uh, but when I think, I think when it comes to Kimbrell and Hendricks, uh you're not going to see a lot of change to those motions and honestly you don't need to they're they're both really really good pitchers they had their little bad streak but it seems like they're both kind of getting back on track here uh as we head into the this final stretch uh we should probably take a break right there and then we will talk about this final stretch uh, as we are we are now in September somehow we are already in September uh and we are just a month away from these playoffs starting, which is mind-blowing, which puts us only two months away from sitting at guaranteed rate field watching the White Sox win the World Series, which is very <laughs> exciting, I think. Uh, so uh, we will take a quick break, and we will be right back on Sharing Socks. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. We uh, kind of talked about pitching and about some of these call-ups we've had. Uh, we're going to see some surprise White Sox over these next couple of weeks, which I think could actually be really fun with our comfortable lead. Uh, but now let's talk moving forward, who we're going to face, who we're not going to face, and how that could affect the playoff scenarios. Right now,
2: as, as we speak, uh, we're only a half game behind the Astros. And we are going into a series with Kansas City. Not exactly a challenge. They are going to San Diego challenge. Uh,
0: Especially now, because it it should be noted that you, Darvish, has been activated, and so has Danilson lamette So they have just brought two very good pitchers back into the rotation. The Padres actually just got a lot harder. Well, so
2: hard times for Houston. I I looked up the the people who make the – Judgments on uh, strength of schedule going forward, as usual, the White Sox are, Roy, what an easy schedule. Um, Houston, not too much worse, which surprises me because they're in a, in a tougher division. But I think, I think Astros may be catchable. I, do, I don't think, we've talked about this before, that you overworked your pitchers. And I was really glad Wednesday took out uh, Carlos after five innings. Mm-hmm. And hope it's deep. not because he was hurt. I think they just took him out because, you know, he's throwing 80-some pitches at that point. We're, we're not going to overwork you the way we have for the last few months. We're going to let you kind of cruise into the uh, playoffs, which is excellent. Uh, and it really, he, he has not, uh, uh, Lewis has not overworked the starters recently the way he had been earlier. So so that's, that's very much a good thing. But anyway, we, we could catch you. I, I don't think catching Tampa Bay is even realistic uh, at this point. They have a tough schedule because they're in the East and it's a very tough division, but Still. And they, frankly, they amaze me. They, they, they just amaze me.
0: They, they the whole, blows team, my the whole mind. team
2: last year that went to the World Series was because of two incredibly good pitchers, one of whom they lose to free agency, and the other of whom they lose to Tommy John surgery. And they still tear up the whole league in the toughest division in baseball without really any name-a-hitter in Tampa Bay that you're really scared of. <laughs>
0: I mean I I guess a Rosarena, but that's just based off of last year's playoff run. I mean he's he's definitely a good hitter. He's putting up good numbers. But yeah, Tampa Bay's run the one thing you can hope for with Tampa Bay is, you know, the East is gonna eat each other during this last month. They're probably I haven't looked at Tampa Bay's schedule actually. I should do that, but uh I don't think there's a chance we pass Tampa Bay. They're just they've got a pretty decent lead over us at this point and you know, even though they're gonna be playing much harder teams, um, they've been doing it all year and they have a pretty good lead over us. Yeah, so Tampa's where it's worked out just fine for them. Yeah, Tampa um, Bay is a force to be
2: reckoned with. Yeah. So the question only becomes do we have home advantage over the Astros or not in, in round one? Really that's all it comes down to for playing for the month. And We've talked about it before. We both think it's better to have the pitchers rested, position players rested, if it it comes to that, Uh, but mainly the starting pitchers so that they're more ready to go in the playoffs and maybe we go on the road. I look back at the games we won against Houston. um, One was kind of freaky, the 10 to 1. The other one, I mean, they scored one run in two games that we beat them. Uh, I don't think that happens again with the Astros, but. Yeah, you never know. Also, we didn't face uh, Grinke, who is back on the IL, but mm-hmm. it's for COVID. So uh, it's unless he gets a moncada case, it's not going to be affecting him when we get to playoff time. It's just nice rest, uh, which everybody's looking for at this point.
0: I think I think Houston is, uh, you know, Houston is is playing pretty well right now. I do think they are so streaky on who they beat and who they lose to, that they they are a team we, we can beat at home and a team we can beat on the road. Um, I do think we want home field, of course, over Houston, but you have to keep in mind that when the Astros lost the 2019 World Series, uh, they lost all four home games in that World Series. So it's it's definitely a place that other teams can go in and win, uh, and as you know, both stadiums have trash cans. So the Houston Astros uh, method of success is usable in both stadiums due to the pres- abundance pres- of you're trash. You're presuming
2: cans. that we would put a trash can in their clubhouse. I, I don't know that that's true.
0: Oh, They'll, they'll just go, go up to the th- concourse next to the tamale guy and grab his trash can and, uh, and bring that down. Um, but yeah, Houston is a team I don't mind playing in the playoffs one bit. If it keeps us away from anyone in the East, let's stay away from the East. I do not want to face the Rays. I do not want to face the Yankees. Uh, I would happily take Houston, even if we had to go there first, uh, on the road in the first round. You know, much as I think the Yankees
2: probably right now are the strongest team in the league uh, as they get their people back and in, in full strength, since they've also added Gallo and, and, and Rizzo and so forth. Um, they, in a wild card game, if it's Boston, which right now is what it would be. What an incredible game. <laughs> of Garrett Cole against Chris Sale. Yeah, I mean, Sale, Sale has come back from Tommy John. He's not blowing the world away. So far, but he also hasn't lost the game yet. He hasn't given up more than two runs yet. I look at Cole, who got crushed in his last game in July and has given up two runs in August. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just totally lights out. So you could have a game that goes until like some guy stands on second base in the tenth inning and <laughs> against a reliever.
0: Yeah, Garrett uh, Cole. So. Garrett Cole figured out how to pitch without the spider tax because there was a while after that crackdown where he was lost, right. and he just could not figure it out. Maybe for the reasons that Tyler Glass now said when he went out of, we need time to adjust to these things because we we have to change everything about how we pitch, um, and maybe that's the case with Cole or maybe he's just found a really good hiding spot. You know, maybe it's right in the butt crack or something like that, a place the umps don't want to look or check. I uh, haven't been watching Cole in between pitches, so maybe he's digging a little too deep. Um but yeah, that's a that's a crazy matchup. Looking at the White Sox moving forward, we got Kansas City for 3. Uh at Kansas City, those are certainly games we should win. 2 out of 3, ideally you win all 3, but you know, you never know. Then we go to Oakland, which is where we were booted from the playoffs last year. I, I think Oakland is still a good team. I think they're fading a bit. I think, uh, and they don't that, have
2: Chris Bassett.
0: Yeah. And that is a, uh, that is a series that I think we could also easily take two out of three. I'd be surprised if we sweep Oakland on the road. Um, but it, it does look good. Then we come home, speaking of Chris Sale, uh, for three against Boston, followed by three against the Angels. So you're potentially potentially seeing Shohei Otani and potentially seeing Chris Sale uh, in those games. So I, I looked at the rotation because Sale pitched last night,
2: uh, Wednesday night. Uh, they have a day off in there. So if they go on a five-game rotation, which you would think would be the normal thing, uh, he would pitch Sunday afternoon, okay. the 12th at at, at the Gurf. Uh, yes. So that would be a very interesting game to go to. But
0: I will I will be at your niece's birthday party in Cincinnati. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, and then you see the Angels, which could get a Shohei Otani. Uh, other than Shohei, there's not a lot to be concerned about facing the Angels. And then after that. It is a week and a half of playing some pretty terrible teams on the road. Yeah, get a real uh, break. It's a it's a lot Texas of road. Texas and Cleveland. I mean, it it is. We do a the 14th through the 26th without a day off, which is, you know, that's pretty brutal <laughs> at the end of the season. Um, but you're playing at Texas, you're playing at Detroit, you're playing at Cleveland, and then you weirdly finish the season at home against a Reds team who will probably be playing at full force uh, with everything they have, which is not something I expected to say going into this season. I actually saw that early on I thought, oh, what a weird thing. We're going to end at home against the Reds. They're probably not going to be super competitive. Uh, But now we're going to see a pretty good Reds team that has been surging and will be Fighting for their playoff lives, probably, in those last two games.
2: It'll go one of two ways. Either they're fighting for their playoff lives, and they're going to throw everything at us in the last two days while we're resting up in you know, all yeah. probability. And the flip side of that is, if they have clinched whatever position, the you know, first or second wild card, they will not be using their best pitcher because they will need him immediately for the wild card game. So it, it could go either way on that, but you know good chance
0: the Reds will be still competing at that stage I definitely think so that that they're one they're a really fun team to watch I, if for any reason the White Sox do need to be playing their studs and the Reds need to be playing their studs at the same time that's actually a very <laughs> exciting series uh short two game series but uh, the, the Reds team with, with, uh, Winker and Castellanos, like they are, they were a fun team to watch. Votto is sort of having a resurgence right oh, now. Oh yeah. Which, you know, that's been if, talked about for MVP, if you don't like Joey Votto, you don't like baseball. I'm sorry. Joey Votto has just been, you know, it's like you took him out of the Babe Ruth era and threw him into to our time period here. He's just a fun guy to watch and a great, great baseball player, and great guy for the game. Um, so a big part of me deep down, is like, Oh, it'll be so fun to see these two teams have to play each other in full force. But also I absolutely hope we do not have to be playing all of our starters
2: in that well, series. I, I I, unless we were to lose, things were tightened up a little and we lost five in a row at Cleveland facing guys, probably nothing but guys they brought up for September. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: I, I, I just don't see that happening somehow. Before we wrap up, what are what are your concerns moving forward over this next month? Health, just health. That's health. the main thing. Yeah. yeah, health. Starting
2: pitching, particularly starting pitching I mean, we could we could have a uh, position player go down. Don't want a position player to go down, but we could have that happen and and still be a very viable playoff team. Starting pitcher go down, and I'm talking really. Big three of of Lynn Rodon and Giolito, and and then cease to an extent. But those those three, particularly, uh, if one of those is is gone for the year or, or gone through the playoffs, then that's really serious. So the main thing I think is yeah, keeping those yeah. those guys
0: healthy. Well, the nice thing is we have this, we have this cushion. Um, so if we have to put guys on the 10 day, we put them on the 10 day. It's really not a huge deal. I don't get the idea that any of our starters are, are dealing with anything but fatigue right now. Um, so if it's just a matter of giving them a start off or two starts off, I think we should be okay there. I would also throw in that we really need the bullpen to be healthy because we're down to about three-and-a-half guys that I trust out there. And if our starters – who And yeah, Bummer been gave over up over our work again last night. Right, um, and we've seen Hendricks go through some some phases. We've seen Kimbrell yeah. give up some runs. Crochet has been, you know, fairly consistent. But Kopech. He's also, Kopech has had
2: some disastrous
0: outings. Yeah, Kopech That's has ones. fading a little bit lately, but he, you know, could come back. It could just be that he's having a little – little slump uh socks socks twitter is very unforgiving of any kind of slump as if these guys you know as soon as they're you, the the amount of people who think yoan mancada slumping right now during his 16 game hit streak uh is, is <laughs> baffling to me uh including a very very nice defensive play last night uh actually at the end of that game or oh the, the beautiful uh, the, foul, the foul ball well, yes and then also uh one thing that was shocking yesterday was the beautiful double play uh, turned by Lurie Garcia and Cesar Hernandez uh, that was just absolutely stunning. I Lauri,
2: mean, Lurie had several good plays. I mean, he, he, he had a, well, maybe we should just DH
0: him in. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that was how good he was out there last I think, night. I think Lurie is watching a lot of his friends go down to Charlotte at the end of the year and is starting to think, Oh, wait, maybe I won't be around in October. Uh, And now I think he's playing at a level. He's also hitting over 250 at this point. Lurie is becoming a a very valuable backup. Uh, And not that he hasn't always been, but he's kind of been a valuable backup in that you can use him in a lot of places. But he hasn't necessarily been playing that well in all the places now we're starting to see him actually really settle into some nice looking swings and we're seeing some really good work in the field. And if, if Lurie's a guy that, you know, we can bring in, uh, at key defensive moments. I love that. I think he's great for the team. He's our longest tenured white sock. Uh, so, you know, I, I love having him around. He's no Yomer. He's no Yomer. Don't get me wrong. Yomer is still the man, but, uh, I love me some Lurie. So uh, I think that's all the time we have today for sharing socks. Geezer, you got any final thoughts? Mm, You you saw in the interview with uh, Romy Gonzalez, is his family
2: Cuban? It's it's from Miami. Of course, he was was born here. But Miami Hispanics, odds are Cuban. There could be many, many things. But Cuban is because it could be more of our Cuban connection. Like Carlos Rodon is really part of our Cuban connection. His parents
0: are Cuban. He was
2: also yes, born in I, Miami. Miami. Uh,
0: they did not mention that in the, the little soundbite that I saw. He, I will say, Romy Gonzalez has no, no. accent. None. No, whatsoever. he was born in um, Miami. No. Um, which, you know, was was surprising to me because I didn't know he was born in Miami. Um, so no. I'm not sure, but we should look into that because our Cuban connection is what is. I, I think making- we're allowed a generation removed Cuban connection addition. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we are we are the Cuban Connection team, so I think we can we can count any way we any way we want. In fact, there are, I actually think Adam Engel, uh, I think his great grandfather once visited Cuba way back in the day, so that's part of the. And his uh,
2: grandmother smoked Cuban cigars, so
0: we got the whole thing still covered. Still does every night before bed. Uh, she's 115. But uh, that's all the time we have today for Sharing Socks. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We will be back next week, of course, as this uh, season wraps up. It's going to be very exciting. I think we got a real shot at this thing. It's going to be a good time. Thanks for listening to Sharing Socks.